If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. A few other stories to get to in this hour as well. More time for your phone calls and your texts. But off the top in this hour, a conversation about concussions. What we know about concussions, in terms of diagnosing, treating, recovering from concussions, the impact multiple concussions can have, and what we're still trying to learn, recognize a concussion, being able to more immediately diagnose a concussion, and maybe ways of helping people recover from concussions more quickly. So a lot of research being done. Uh, With a recent injury to NHL superstar Sidney Crosby, in that previous series against Washington, suffered yet another concussion. In his fourth or fifth in his NHL career, he's still only 29, by the way. Uh, it's, it's scary. I mean, it's scary that someone that good and that relatively young could have his career sh- cut short by this kind of an injury, but also to think about what are the long-term effects of that? I mean, are we going to be dealing with a situation in you know, 20 or 30 years? Or look back and say, you know, maybe they should have got him out sooner. And I think what we've seen with a lot of football players and what we're learning about CTE and how multiple concussions can maybe lead to that kind of a situation, right? It, it is kind of scary. Uh, so all the focus on that issue prompted our next guest to, to uh, write a piece for McLean's Magazine to talk a bit about some of the concern here, what we're learning about concussions, the progress we've made, but where we still need to go in terms of understanding concussions, recognizing concussions, and what's happening on the research side. So I wanted to explore that in a little more detail. Uh, So we're very pleased to welcome to the program here today one of Canada's uh, leading experts on this subject, Dr. Charles Tatter. He's director of the Canadian Concussion Centre at Toronto Western Hospital, and he joins us on the line here today. Dr. Tatter, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's talk about Sidney Crosby, first of all, because, um, you know, we all love watching him. He's, he's uh, you know, one of those once-in-a-generation kind of players. But we hear the, these, this news about yet another concussion. I mean, it's, it's scary, isn't it? Well, um, when I saw the videos of the hits that he sustained, um, I was really worried about him. You know, he is a great player, and he's a terrific uh, sportsman and athlete and model for young people and uh, to see him um, really hit so hard um, by two players and in fact I counted that he probably had three hits to the head in the one play uh, it's it's very worrisome now let's talk a bit about the you know the problem of multiple concussions because if someone sustains a concussion if diagnosed quickly and treated properly I mean people can recover from from concussions so what, what is the, the remnants, though, of concussion? Why is two or three or four or more concussions? Why, why can that add up? Well, that, those are all very good questions. And, in fact, that's why we developed the uh, Canadian Concussion Center uh, a few years ago to try to get answers to those questions. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we're not farther ahead in our research. But we do know that concussions are cumulative, 
in other words, the effects build up and you never really get over the effects of previous concussions. There's always some uh, thing that happens to the brain that makes you, in fact, susceptible to the next concussion. In fact, the next concussion usually occurs with less force than the previous one and also um, often lasts longer in terms of continuing symptoms. And we don't know exactly why that is. We don't really understand exactly the change in the brain that makes you uh, more susceptible to repetitive concussions, nor do we understand why some people seem to be able to tolerate uh, four or five or six and others uh, don't. In fact, we have uh, some um, concussion patients in our um, in our study now, which is over 600 people with continuing symptoms after a concussion. Some of them have had only one concussion uh, that continues to produce symptoms for many years. Are we getting better, though, at recognizing the initial concussion? Uh, because, you know, and you wrote recently in McLean's that, uh, you know, the thinking used to be, uh, you know, this guy was shaken up or he's seeing stars and, you know, just needs to, you know, recover for a little bit and then, then he's good to go. But do, do you think now we're better at recognizing what has initially happened? Well, what we try to teach nowadays is that everybody in sports especially should be on what we call the concussion team which means that we all should learn how to recognize when a concussion may have occurred so that that includes the coach the trainer uh, even the referee the players themselves the parents we want everybody to have a knowledge of what are the signs and symptoms of concussions so that they they can recognize when one might have occurred. We don't expect all of that list of people to be able to make the diagnosis, but we sure want them to learn to recognize when someone may have had a concussion. And then for confirmation, you send that person to a medical doctor who has the training and expertise to actually make the diagnosis. So it's important for a lot of people to learn how to recognize them. Right. And, and it's tricky to do. I mean, I had my own situation recently where um, I was told I, I had probably had a concussion uh, and, and should treat, treat it accordingly. But it's, is it difficult to diagnose at times? It is. I, I agree with you. I think saying that it's a tricky diagnosis is very true. It's not an easy diagnosis. In, in fact, it's still what we call a clinical diagnosis, which means that it takes an experienced observer to be able to say, yes, that is a concussion. And also, it does take a compliant patient, by which we mean that the person has to own up to the symptoms. So if a kid, for example, is experiencing headache and dizziness and some sensitivity to light, some difficulty concentrating, unless the person tells the observer about those symptoms, they can be missed. Yeah. So we don't have 
an, obje- an objective test. Like, we don't have a pressure monitor, for example, that says, ah, that's a concussion. We don't have a an MRI or magnetic resonance scan of the brain that says, yes, that's a concussion. And we don't have a blood test, although there are a lot of people around the world who are working on a blood test or a saliva test to say, yes, this is a concussion, but that hasn't happened yet. So how do we define what a concussion is then? Well, it is the mental symptoms that come from a blow to the head or to a blow anywhere else on the body, which sets the head in motion. So we, we do recognize that it's more likely rotational acceleration, that is the biomechanical force that causes a concussion rather than linear acceleration. Um, but um, in fact, uh, it's not easy to, to, um, to detect. Now, it's interesting because, you know, we think of hockey players, football players, athletes, when we think about concussions. But, uh, you know, I was reading in your piece, we see about 200,000 concussions a year right across the country. So what seems to be the the primary cause for for most of the concussions that we see? Well, it varies with the age of the person. It varies with the location in the country. So in... um, in many places with young people, it's sports and recreation that cause concussions. With older people, it seems to be falls, especially falls at home. Older people who are on medications or who may have had a stroke or inner ear cause of dizziness can fall and and strike the head. We see many concussions um, that occur in people in work-related jobs that, you know, are are prone to, you know, falling off ladders or falling off a scaffold or falling down a hole. So we see lots of concussions among among workers as well. Uh, And then we see... um, uh, concussions, um, you know, in in um, in motor vehicle crashes. That's a very common cause among all age groups. Mm-hmm. And and so, what kind of toll does that exact? Because it, it sounds that though you know that can have quite an effect then in, in terms of, of people's livelihood and, and their productivity and and all these things that come along with you know recovery from these kinds of injuries. I mean, it's is it a bigger problem than we realize? Well. The good news is that most people do recover from the first concussion. As I said previously, not everybody recovers, but most do. And so, although there are 200,000 a year approximately in our country, uh, most people do get better. But even if a small fraction don't get better, it still adds up because um, sometimes the the symptoms can last forever. So what we now say is that concussion is, in fact, a public health concern, a significant public health concern. And so it is worthwhile to spend time and resources on trying to solve these problems. It is worthwhile to try to figure out how to prevent them. Uh, because at the present time, without really good treatments, prevention is the only cure. 
And in sports and recreation, there are many people who feel we should be doing more to prevent concussions. And and you can go through sports on a sport-by-sport basis and figure out what it is in that sport that is causing concussions and, and what we can do about it. In fact, uh, Parachute Canada, which is Canada's National Injury Prevention Agency, um, for which I volunteer, is now embarking on a series of discussions with national sports organizations to come up with sports-specific ways to uh, diagnose them, uh, to recognize them better, uh, and to treat them. And also prevention is on the agenda. What can each of the major sports do to try to prevent some of the concussions that occur in that sport? We probably will never prevent them all, Mm -hmm. but we sure can do better in trying to prevent some of them. In terms then of of potential avenues of research, I mean, you talked about maybe the possibility of better treatments. Uh, I guess another avenue would be the you know the, the possibility that we have some kind of a conclusive test or a better way of diagnosing concussions. Where, where do you see promise on the research front? Um, well, I I see a lot of promising research. For example, uh, with MRI or magnetic resonance imaging. At the present time, even a high-resolution MR does not show the effects of concussion. But I am hopeful that some of the newer applications of MR, for example, with larger magnets or with the use of chemical uh, imaging, we should be able to do better. And we should be able to diagnose some of the effects of concussion better with more advanced imaging like PET scanning is another um, use of diagnostic imaging to look for the more serious complications of concussions such as brain, actual brain degeneration. So we're looking at being able to detect the abnormal proteins that uh, accumulate in the brain as a result of repetitive concussion. So that's very hopeful. We're also, you know, getting closer to having a, a biomarker such as a blood test or a saliva test to help. You know, if you have a heart attack, for example, and have a blood test, we can get a lot of information about how serious the heart attack is, uh, when did the heart attack occur, just from blood tests. So we're hopeful that someday we'll be able to do the same with concussions, but that day has not come. Indeed. Well, we'll leave it there, Dr. Tad. I really appreciate uh, your time here today. Some great insight on an important issue. Thanks so much for this. You're very welcome. There you go. That is Dr. Charles Tatter, director of the Canadian Concussion Center at Toronto Western Hospital, University of Toronto, one of the country's leading experts on concussions. Our number here, 403-974-8255. I've got a few of the stories to get to. We'll do that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.